Songhezo Mapepe on SAFM. When looking at the current water and sanitation situation in the country, would it be just to say that municipalities have everything under control? Sewage leakages, short water supply, uncollected refuse, municipalities being placed under administration. Of course, the list can go on, but the major issue right now is that of municipalities and their ability to deliver water and sanitation services. Of course, for the past month, we've seen reports and probably even longer about community members from various parts of the country complaining about water shortages, filthy drinking water and sewage pipe pipes that have been leaking for a long time without being attended to. When talking to the Department of Water and Sanitation, what do municipalities cite as their major challenges? Is it budgets, aging infrastructure, slow turnaround time from national government? What is causing the service delivery problem or problems in our municipalities? For the record, we reached out to SALGA, the South African Local Government Association, no avail. So we would like to have this conversation with them, and they are still available to join this conversation. Might they wish, if you are listening and you know somebody at SALGA, let them know, please. Unfortunately, with our best endeavors to get hold of them, we were unable to successfully confirm them for this evening's show. Mr. Spatnik Radao, the spokesperson at the Department of Water and Sanitation, we are trying to get hold of him. I understand that my producer had confirmed with him. Unfortunately, right now, we can't seem to be getting him on the line. Nonetheless, CEO of Alta, Mr. Wayne. Wayne, quick question, please, before we even have this conversation. How do I pronounce your surname? Is it Duvenage or Duvenacher? You know, in this country, it doesn't really matter because uh, in many ways, sorry, but uh, it's, it's pronounced Duvenage. Uh, that's my official word. When you add an H, it's Duvenacher. The French call it Duvenage. It doesn't really matter. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for your time. Organization undoing tax abuse. What can you tell us as and non-partisan organization that is simply looking out for the best interests of South Africans in relation to when you engage the public sector, particularly at municipal level, and the crises that many municipalities are. We know this, obviously, because the Auditor General tells us in the reports every year that we are in crisis situations. Do South Africans, one, truly appreciate what it means for them and service delivery and the longevity of public infrastructure and the development of municipalities in relation to everything we know. Tell us, please. Yeah, look, uh, it's a combination of a number of of, of matters, but over the years, uh, one big factor is that uh, local government has not been investing in maintenance of infrastructure. So infrastructure maintenance, the general rule and the guidelines given by it seems like not coming clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're slightly better, and yeah, I'm I'm very much struggling to hear you. If you can just try and move around, but sure, please, please proceed. Okay, so um, let me just find a better spot. to get a bit uh, uh, difficult. So, so what I was saying is that there, there are a number of reasons why um, local government struggles. One of them is that is that the investment or the money that you spend on maintenance, operating expenditure on, on maintenance and repairs to infrastructure. The guideline from Treasury is generally about 8% of carrying value uh, of, of your uh, assets, um, your infrastructural assets. And, and, and this is not happening. Our research shows that uh, in local government, um, we have gross understanding in that space. A couple of manage to get the expenditure at the right levels in cities, uh, but on the whole, uh, not enough is being spent on maintenance and repairs. And this is a result uh, of, of, of a lack of understanding, 
of mm. what required, lack of skills. Uh, they've lost a lot of engineers. They've lost a lot of insights into what has to happen and, and into uh, blocked sewage that flows into burst water pipes, mains, uh, systems going down in, in electricity substations. And there's this continuous degradation and, and decline in service delivery from that point of view. Interesting points you have raised, and I've jotted a couple of those that I wish to probe a little further earlier. I mean, later on in the course of the conversation, but I do have it on record that Mr. Spotnik Ratao, who is the spokesperson at the Department of Water and Sanitation, is indeed on the line. My brother, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate that. The Department of Water and Sanitation, I think for the most part, it can make the concession that it is under serious pressure. If for nothing else, then certainly the fact that the country is under a huge drought, and this calls for the planning to be so much more meticulous, so much more precise, for there to be proper governance and oversight at all levels of governance, national, provincial, as well as at municipal level. To the extent that this conversation gravitates towards a focus on municipal structures in the country, the department does have concurrent jurisdiction with the provincial and municipalities, municipal governments as well as provincial governments in the provision of water sanitation and management and services connected therewith. What can you tell us for now is government's biggest challenge it acknowledges it and this is what it has to tackle or is tackling to at least ensure that south africans as far as is reasonably possible have access to basic water for without water there's no life yeah well uh, thank you very much for the opportunity i think uh, the first thing to to acknowledge is that yes uh, the state of infrastructure at the moment is in is by all means uh, in need of uh, very serious attention at, at 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 a lot of levels. And you are correct to say that at municipal level, uh, that is where we are having the major challenge. Uh, but also um, not uh, avoiding the fact that you know there are other inputs uh, that 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 have led us to where we are. One of those things, obviously, is the rapidly growing population and uh, a lot of what mm. happens is that we also have uh, a great deal of urbanization that has happened over time and therefore we have seen a lot of stress being put on uh, the infrastructure that is already in place in in some of uh, the, 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 the the more urbanized areas whereas mm. uh, the numbers that they are actually having to attend to and give service to have grown in, in leaps and bounds over, over the time. That's the one thing. But uh, I should agree with, 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 with uh, uh, your, 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 your other, um, uh, the other participant, that it is correct that the, the issue of operations and maintenance is what is uh, lacking in the main. And basically because uh, in, 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 in a lot of uh, smaller municipalities especially, the, the, the ability or capacity to be able to attract and retain the necessary human uh, capital is, is really, uh, um, you know, at, 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 at almost a minimum uh, mm. as, 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 as for, for a lack of a, of a better way. 
Can you just give us a sense in relation to all of what you have said, just place set us in terms of the legal framework or the constitutional obligations that are placed? Because, for instance, we might necessarily, unnecessarily at times be barking up the wrong tree. Say there's a picket before the national department, whereas it's actually the question should be directed at the provincial department or municipality, as the case may be. What does the legal framework say in relation to, and I'm going to focus on water now because that is basically pretty much where the local government is drastically failing. What can you tell us is the legal framework in line with the Constitution Schedule 4? What are the competencies that are shared between the different spheres of government? And what are some of the challenges that that poses? Should we have a situation whereby then it should be centralized at national government? Should we have a situation whereby it should be completely decentralized at municipalities or at provincial level? Give us please first again the framework and what that poses as a challenge and or benefit. Well, uh, the, the, uh, according to the legal framework, um, from a national point of view, we are responsible for the bulk uh, services. That, uh, as, as, uh, I beg your pardon. Um, it, we, we, we are responsible for the bulk supply of, 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 of water and sanitation. And therefore, we are responsible for, uh, you know, your rivers, your wetlands, the ecosystems, the, the dams and, and, and the major pipelines. Whereas local level is responsible for basically the, the reticulation of that water from where it has been treated to where it is it is being utilised. The the difference is that um, I think I think we, we need to, to 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 make reference to it is that we do not have a provincial concurrence. That is why we don't have an MEC for mm. water and sanitation. I see. And and that is where we 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 have to engage with the with province at, at different levels to to say even though we don't have such a concurrence, but at least we should be able to 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 to, to say that um, we 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 have to be able to work probably with province at at uh, um, the, the, the the level of the premier who can then delegate certain duties that relate to water and sanitation. To a particular uh, uh, um, MEC, maybe the um, MEC for Cocta in the main is the one mm-hmm. that we have been engaging with, mm-hmm. uh, who can then take up those responsibilities. Although in the legal framework there yes. is no such uh, responsibilities attached to an MEC at provincial level. We appreciate that, and we're going to ask you, gentlemen, please, Mr. Wayne Dievenhage, the CEO of Outer Organization Undoing Tax Abuse, together with Mr. Sputnik Ratao, spokesperson for the Department of Water and Sanitation. The time is 20 past. We're going to take a quick ad break. After the ad break, I would sincerely hope, please, ladies and gentlemen, 0891-104-207, the lines should be bustling because everybody has a relationship with one's local government. Now, I'm so close earlier this afternoon telling me that the billing crisis that is taking place at Inokum Gijima, everybody has a problem with the municipality. We're going to be tackling some of these issues, but if they can slightly slant towards water-related challenges, I'll be ever so indebted so that we can try and keep the framework of the conversation consistent. Mr. Wayne Juvenacher, Juvenage, Mr. Sputnik Ratal, they return after the break. It's 20 past. Call Songhez or now 891 
Stonga is indeed on the line. Thank you so much to those who are listening, and we thoroughly appreciate those who will soon be calling us. I'm getting feedback from one of you gentlemen. Please um, try and control that, Mr. Wayne Duvenage, and as well as Mr. Spatnik Ratao, respectively, CEO of Outer and spokesperson at the Department of Water and Sanitation. Let me return to you, Wayne. You mentioned something which was quite critical, and that is the under-expenditure in a lot of the municipalities in relation to some of the basic services that are required. Do you want to tell us how bad it is the fact that money that has been appropriated according to the planning that is submitted to national treasury for a particular municipality for that financial year to return to national treasury for it has not been spent because i want you to highlight that it is as grave an offense not to spend as it is to overspend or to spend along the lines of fruitless irregular and wasteful expenditure Mm. So you see, in, in, in local government, uh, it is self-raised funds that they need to spend. They're not uh, beheld to all the rules and, uh, and the regulations from Treasury and the guidelines are, are pretty much there. But if, if in local government, we, you know, you raise your funds from uh, your, your ratepayers, most, most of it is some of it comes uh, through government grants. Um, and, and then the, the, the municipality decides or the metro decides, no, it's not going to apportion its funding this year to maintenance and repairs. It's going to take some of that money and put it into other areas, for instance, salaries and bonuses and, and so much other stuff. Then uh, that's their prerogative. But the problem mm. is that it manifests itself in what we saw in Joburg uh, recently, the closure of, of uh, the M2 freeway for for months on end while they catch up with some uh, serious maintenance that hasn't happened over the years uh, and, and so forth. And that understanding is billions and billions of rands. Uh, we see it in virtually every single metro as well as a, a municipality. There is this notion and this thought that, and I don't have to tell you about the roads, and you can see it, there's a backlog of, of municipal roads that need to be uh, resurfaced. They'll be mm. patch jobs. And, uh, and, and, and they're never going to catch up. Uh, and it's going to, you know, your, your towns uh, are roads, and you see it in the rural areas where, where there were once uh, tarred roads in, 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 in main parts of the towns are becoming dirt roads now, extremely badly potholed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're never going to catch, catch up with that type of maintenance. So unfortunately, it's a situation, especially with water pipes, it's unseen stuff. This is under the ground and sewage. Mm-hmm. It's a case of world out of sight, out of mind, and only when there's a burst do they start to attend to it. And a lot of that maintenance, when there are repeat bursts and repeat breakages uh, in those lines, uh, yes. keep patching them up. That's the signal that they have to relay a lot of that, uh, and they're not infrastructure underground. So sure, have these big problems. On that point, before I really ask a question which might be political in kind, but nonetheless not negligible, what of what we experience now? is legacy. I mean, Sputnik touches on the fact that the population has grown, that's true. But what of these infrastructural challenges that municipalities are facing now is legacy? Legacy in relation to, if I can dovetail on what Sputnik said earlier on, because of urbanization, more people are reliant on infrastructure that necessarily hasn't grown. So to the extent that that is at least one obvious challenge of time, what else have you noted is something which not necessarily the making of these administrations post-apartheid, but their genesis lies in the apartheid infrastructure and planning around a limited number? Look, uh, you know, let's face it, urbanization is an international issue. It's not just here. You've got to plan for urbanization. You 
we know, and the trends are very clear to the urban planners, uh, mm. how many people are coming into our cities, uh, how many people are coming into the country from, from neighboring countries. This is not foreign information. It's there. And you mm. have to plan for that. You can't just say, well, urbanization has happened recently. It's been happening since the mm. dawn of time uh, from, from an industrial point of view. So, I mean, we also know that our cities were badly planned from an apartheid, a spatial development point of view. Not enough money was put into into the uh, the indigenous areas, the poorer areas, and that's a matter that we have to address. Uh, we have to get electrification, and that's a project, and, and water and sanitation into these areas uh, that the government, I think, has been working on, and in many respects quite successfully over the years. However, the problem is now we sit with a situation where our local governments, our municipalities that once were profitable, Mm. And they have been profitable up until a decade ago. Uh, they had sufficient money coming in from rates and taxes and license fees and, and grants and, and, and so forth uh, uh, is now insufficient. And that, that is and it is insufficient due to mm. bad planning. It is insufficient due to bad purchasing, due yes. to corruption, maladministration. Sure. And the sad reality is that no one is held accountable. For, for the amount of money that has gone wasted. The Auditor General has highlighted this the problem is getting bigger and bigger. So now they even sell the electricity to the residents, collect the money, and don't even pay over to Eskom and the water boards. And this is the problem that we've got to deal with. Very few municipal managers, mayors, and so forth have been held accountable, have gone to jail. The fact that we have raw sewage pumping into our rivers is a criminal offence. Sure. Nobody uh, has been arrested for this. And uh, this is our biggest problem in society, that the accountability mm, mm. and lack of transparency in local government, provincial and national government, when it comes to this, is, is a dire situation. And we are now calling for accountability. We I want accept. people to be held accountable. I accept. You know, I was asking that question precisely because some of what you had said had triggered a couple of years ago. I'd had a conversation with my uncle who worked at Makanda, mm. then Makanda now. And, and I'm not oblivious to your presence, um, Brother Spatnik Ratao, spokesperson at Department of Water and Sanitation. But I just want to get these series of questions out of the way so that I can get a consolidated response from our guest, Wayne Duvenage. Wayne. You mentioned corruption, you mentioned maladministration, you mentioned certain things which are not of today but of times past. One of the things my uncle Mongezima Bekla had mentioned to me as then working in the water and sanitation or something to that kind in Khini, which has got serious water problems now, was that municipal records in the time between 93, 94, 95 simply disappeared the incoming administration simply didn't have a starting point because of the fear that was there. We all know what I'm talking about. Mm. And many persons who feared job losses, who feared the pensions wouldn't be protected, or who simply wanted to know that they would be in employment, albeit as consultant, disappearing with state information, mm. which they would then use as the basis of their consulting services offered back mm. to the public administration as private administrators or as private practitioners. This is a conversation somebody who worked in Khini told me, who was there some 10, 15 years ago, my uncle. So let's engage about how dire that has had as a consequence in some of all of what you have said. I'm not at all discussing the administration that has been poor post-94, no. 
I accept what you're saying. I'm talking about some of the issues that do not get the light of day, that ought to be given their necessary expression, if you like, so that we can get a holistic understanding of the nation's problems. What is your response to that? Look, absolutely. I mean, there are are those factors that have um, added to the problem. And and, and again, I spoke earlier on about accountability. If that was happening and where it was happening, I've no doubt it has happened because I've heard these uh, similar stories before, then those individuals needed to be taken to account. They should have been arrested. The people who handed over uh, municipal records uh, to the new dispensation in in, in that manner, they should have been charged. They should have been uh, uh, taken to account. But also what, what should have happened is the municipality needed to get that information up to date and, uh, and and a lot of them would have, a lot of them did get the records, but have allowed them to to uh, regress into a situation where we mm. have uh, right now, I mean, plans for, for, for buildings that are taking place uh, in, in many uh, parts of the country are not being processed properly. We see a lot of uh, corruption that is happening. Um, there are new laws that are being passed that developers now have to uh, start financing the development of normal infrastructure, which is supposed to be providable by the city, but as a result of cities not having funds. So I'm just saying your point is a very valid one. The problem is accountability. Why aren't we holding people accountable, and why have we not held people accountable in the past uh, who have given rise to the demise of our municipality mm. and our, and our mm. records? I mean, this is, this is not acceptable. It seems to me that accountability appears to be a challenge in leadership in local and national government. We have got and seen extremely clear evidence of the breakdown in in the rule of law and and, and governance processes in municipalities. We see municipal managers being fired and then reappearing in another municipality somewhere else in the country uh, with that record very clear that they were dismissed or that they were uh, put on suspension. These are the problems that we have as civil society. Why can not government, uh, why can government not put down its foot and remove people who are known corruptors, who are known gross maladministrators, uh, instead of allowing them to resurface uh, and like this musical chairs sure. of, of administrators. They just find themselves surfing somewhere else. And we know that many of our studies are captured. The political interference that is taking place throughout many of our provinces, free state is notorious for this, where we see uh, municipal pe- uh, people investing in water tankers, selling the services back to the municipality, and yet they're in- in- involved in the running of those municipalities. So they have no motivation to fix the water infrastructure, but rather to make themselves sure. friends okay. and the water companies rich. I mean, that is, and, and there's evidence of that, and nobody's sure. doing anything about it. Let's have a conversation, Brother Spotnik. Thank you so much for being on the line, and I beg your pardon for holding, for making you hold on for as long, but. I- it, it was necessary for me, first of all, to have that holistic approach from when, and I appreciate your holding on. Let's engage now maladministration. Let's engage lack of accountability in municipalities because the Auditor General tells us this. In fact, the Auditor General has tried to wrest the initiative from the political space and make it a, a competence of the office by having this public audit amendment bill that was passed last year, which has 
these um, debt instruments that are going to be issued out against those administrators who do not take adequate measures to protect funds that have been spent or funds that have been spent in terms of recovering them. Let's talk about maladministration, lack of accountability, specifically in relation to the fact that President Ramaphosa is now saying this cadre deployment thing has failed and irrespective of political allegiance, the right man for the right job should be appointed. Equally, against the fact that you had made the concession, there has been a great loss of skill in particular engineers at local government level. How then do we rectify on these concessions? Maladministration is there, cater deployment is there, and the skills shortage is there. Sputnik? Oh, are you talking to me? Sorry. Yes, I sir. I'm still talking to your other guest. No, no, I'm talking um, to you, sir. Yes. Look, um, it, 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 you have to look at it uh, correctly, as you put it, uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a broad sense, because it is not just uh, you know what you can be able to do in your own field that has got an impact on how this country ultimately develops. But obviously, the issue of accountability, the issue of whether people are, are held to account and are required to actually uh, uh, come to the fore and, and, and say exactly what their own uh, 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 input was into the state of affairs is something that has got to happen and must continue to happen until we are able to, to, to get the system right. And, and, and obviously we cannot do that in a vacuum. And therefore that is why part of what is happening in terms of looking at how we can be able to first turn around uh, the department itself and then we can be able to look at the sector completely to say what is it that, that, that is out there is speaking to what we need to do. And therefore, uh, it, it, it is critical for us to look at uh, this matter holistically. And basically, that's part of what we are looking at as a department. And obviously, we're hoping that this will ultimately get to, to impact on the sector uh, in its entirety. Is the country in a water crisis? Uh, sorry, I'm losing you there. I'm asking if the country has a water crisis or not. Well, the, 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 the country has got uh, water difficulties. You must remember that we're moving from a premise that the country in the first place is, is a dry country, it's an arid country that does not have uh, sufficient water. Even at the best of times when it gets the best of rain, uh, the rainfall is not sufficient. And that is why it is one of uh, the driest countries in the world. And that is, that is also impacting on how much we can be able to avail and uh, basically and how much can we can be able to, to look at in terms of reuse, recycling, and, 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 and obviously making sure that we, we appreciate what is at, at hand mm. instead of looking mm. at what might come. Sure. On the basis of that response and the difficulties that you have lamented, is the country, because of that, in a crisis or not? It's not in a crisis. It is in a difficulty that, that we are looking at in, in different ways. Otherwise, we wouldn't be existing as a department and as government. And that is why part of our responsibility, obviously, is to look at the very planning that, that speaks to what do we do go, go, going ahead and, and, mm. why we're, and where do we come from, recognizing the difficulties that we have come from. And therefore, we should be able to say how do we remedy the situation and how do we make sure that the country continues to flourish. Let me read a couple of tweets that have come through. I asked that question deliberately because I wanted to get a sense as to what is the sentiment that prevails. 
Mr. Sputnik, I was asking that question because I wanted to get a sense of what prevails in the corridors of the Department of Water. Sometime towards the end of last year, the minister, Lindy Wissusulu, said the country doesn't have a water crisis. You have confirmed that whatever it is that is a difficulty to use your words, it is not a crisis. Abu Dikabza says, Kabelo is his name, residents of Zastron in the Free State are living cheek by jaw with sewage and people face all kinds of health hazards on a daily. Kwakwa has normalized living without water. It's so heartbreaking and infuriating at the same time. Our government is anti-poor and has no regard for human life. I'm quoting what I am reading. Lazarus Sema, good evening, Songa. So I have a serious issue with municipalities not being able to deliver basic services. A child got drowned in a river from fetching water here in Kwakwa. Residents are up in arms and it's total shutdown in Kwakwa. This area is ungovernable. The list goes on. And finally, where I come from, I'm not reading now. I'm not giving anything which is hypothetical. It's an experience I had a month ago in the December break. Queenstown, for, formerly Queenstown, now Komani, there is no water. We had to pump water from Ngoha Dam in the former Transkai to where is now the former Siskai, Sada, Hewuwutlsi and surrounding areas. There is that thing now, which is a reality, water shedding. An entire Thursday, a municipal notice came out, there will be no water. And when it is available, it's available for four hours in a day. What will it take from what I have said, from what these listeners have said, for the department to recognize that the water difficulty in the country is in fact a crisis? What more must happen for it to be reconciled as a crisis? I think you've got to be aware that no, nobody is denying that we are in a situation where that uh, those kinds of situations that you are, you are alluding to are happening. But when you look at it in, in its entirety, uh, we have to appreciate the fact that between 2014 and now, we are still working at out getting out of the drought that has been with us. And getting out of a drought takes anything between three to seven years. And therefore, those are some of the things that we have to live with. It's a reality that we have to look at. But it, it does not mean that we, we have to throw our hands up in, the, in that situation. The issue of uh, Queenstown, yes, it is a reality. The rivers are dry. The rivers are dry because the rain hasn't come. The groundwater has, has gone down and, and, and all of those things. But we are working together with provinces that are in that, in that kind of situation. That, was, that is why the Eastern Cape has been declared a, a, a drought disaster together with the Northern Cape because it is recognizing that in order for us to be able to fast-track the relief efforts that can come through, from all, 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 all uh, levels of government, together with bringing in, obviously, uh, any kind of input that we can find from, from, from uh, the private sector, we can then be able to look at what is actually happening around us and be able to say how far can we go. But also, we have to uh, uh, accept that as much as we are looking at that, until and unless we actually get sufficient rains, most of the, the, the issues that we are raising right now, we, we will continue to, 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 to be uh, in, a, in, a, in our space. I'm not convinced that is the solution. In fact, the reality of there being no rain is precisely what is required so that, as you made the concession, you have departmental problems. This is what is required for there to be no rain, for there be to be insufficient supplies of water for the things that ought to have been done many years ago to actually take place now. Because for so long as there is water, 
it makes one believe or the administration believe the challenges do not exist. And the absence of water is now the manifestation of what should have been done. For instance, Krisani District is now asking for 170 million for a dam they should have built long ago or water retention capacity they should have requested for quite some time ago. That, unfortunately, is not the solution, more rain. Water retention infrastructure, the maintenance of infrastructure and good, clean governance, not based on cater deployment, it is my submission is how this matter will be sorted out. After the break, we take a voice note, and I would imagine one or two calls, 891 It's 2040. We come back after this. Call Songhez or now, 891 We have a voice note. Please, Brafini. Uh, Mr. Mapeta, thank you for that information. Your uncle hit it on the nail. And a gentleman like uh, Wayne Duvernach, this is the information they are using. And it's not, doesn't have anything to do with protecting our people because they don't actually recall that the infrastructure that was there was meant for a few uh, people to benefit on. Once it was stretched, uh, it could not cope. And uh, people like him are using, are distorting that information to try and get back and try to prove that black men cannot rule. That's what he is all about. George Makosa in Port Elizabeth. Thank you. George Makosa in Port Elizabeth. He's got strong words to say to you, Wayne. How do you respond to that? Um, just, uh, I take exception to that. It's absolute nonsense. I'm, Nobody's saying the black man can't rule or, or 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 is incompetent. What I said is that the people who did that need to be held accountable. That doesn't negate the fact that right now we have crises on our hands, and I think mm. you put it very clearly and aptly. It is a crisis. We have a serious crisis when we start running out of water in our towns, or when, for instance, in Hammondskull, the, the fitness of the water is unfit for human consumption. It, it, it is it is filthy. Uh, and, and, and this is the kind of water that is coming out of our taps. And this is in the poorest of the poor areas. And we've, we can fix this. We have to fix it, but we're not going to fix it if we don't plan and if we, or if we're just praying for rain. Uh, as you said, there are many water projects that have been on hold. The biggest one being in the Lesotho Highlands a water project, which is now six years behind where it should be. If you think we have a crisis now, wait. If we don't get the rains over the next two, three years, uh, Joburg is going to be on water shedding. That is a reality. And if you speak to Professor Anthony Turton and, and other experts in this space, we've got serious, serious problems coming our way. We cannot rely on, on, on the range. We need to plan. We need to build our, our water infrastructure. We need to do what we declared the war on waste and, and, and leakages um, a number of years ago. We must fulfill those projects. They're all in the balance. They've all lost the money that was allocated towards it, uh, that whole war on water projects where we are freeing alien vegetation so that we can uh, free up the, the flow of our rivers, that has come to a halt. Uh, we have got some serious problems. I don't think government is taking uh, this matter as, to the extent that they should be taking it seriously. Uh, it, is a, it is an extremely serious crisis when you live in a town or a city and you run out of water. And that's becoming a more and more regular occurrence for the daily lives of our citizens in this country, which was not the case in the past, and it shouldn't have been the case today. Which past do you refer to? When you say in the past, which past do you refer to? I'm I'm saying the past five five years. 
10 years. Okay. There are towns in Kronstadt and Free State. No, no, I just wanted to find out the time period within which the no, reference no, 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 to no, the I'm past. Now, in our okay, sure. Now, let, let, let's take a call then. Let's take a call from KGM. KGM is on the line. Good evening, brother KGM. Good evening to your guests and to the listeners. Indeed. Songe, so allow me a few minutes to to just answer this white man, and I'm being racist. No, 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 brother KGM, wait, wait, wait. On okay. another platform, perhaps it's acceptable, not on this okay. one. Okay, let me withdraw that. But let me say this Please. to him. Here's the biggest mistake of of why we are where we are. One, it's because, and you've never had me this emotional. I think it's for the first time you hear me talk like this. But let let me let me be very blunt. One is we allow people like them, who are the custodians of these problems, who are the engineers of these problems, to come and tell us how things are not done, how things should have been done. Together with politicians, they must own up to this mess. And I'll tell you this much. The water problem is not starting 25 years ago when ANC took over or when black government took over. He, he needs to talk to people with facts so that he, he mustn't think that he can reason alone. The water problem started when the negotiations started. And by the way, being informed that I was part of CODESA, there was a time when we negotiated. And I'm, not, I'm apolitical. I'm not politically inclined. So don't be confused. There was a time when, when the, the, the heads of water, electricity, I'm talking ESCOM and the water reserves. But let's talk about, I mean, the water department. When, when they stopped deliberately because they, there has been an agreement that they need to give up government, they stopped maintenance of many of these services. Now, the biggest mistake that the, the, the ruling party or the ruling elite, because they are just as corrupt, what they are not doing is they are not telling South Africans the truth, that the truth is these things stopped being maintained and they have been deteriorating over time. My last example. Go to the dams in this country, whether you're talking Kharib, you're talking any dam. Go and look at the sludge. Talk to any engineer and let them tell you how long does a sludge build to the levels where they are. It doesn't take 25 years. It takes longer than that. Now, I don't mind us collectively saying we should hold government and uh, uh, politicians accountable. I agree on that. But you have this notion of thinking that you are the right ones, you have all the answers, yet you created this mess. The best thing you can do, apart from shutting up, is to come up acknowledging that you created this mess and offer solutions that are not blaming, not shifting uh, blame or pointing fingers. I think that's Excellent. the direction we need to take. No, we appreciate your call. Thank you so much for the emotion. We appreciate it, mm. of course. Mm. I do wish to say for the listenership of the viewpoint and for the integrity of the station, mm. I sincerely apologize to all South Africans. We don't speak in such terms here when we say this white or this black anything for obvious reasons. I do apologize and I accept KG's re- withdrawal in relation to that. Before I come to you, um, Mr. Duvenage, let me just release Mr. Spatnik Ratao with this particular answer. You have heard what somebody who was a Codessa said. He sort of has then, if you like, a valid claim into what was being negotiated is not what is now manifest. And to some extent, he does say government ought to own up. In relation to you saying we are in a difficulty but not a crisis, which KGM says is a crisis, which 
Wayne says is a crisis, which I say is a crisis, with some of our listeners who have tweeted say is a crisis, with those who are losing livestock and crop say is a crisis. The department, at what point then will it own up to all of these things that have been considered by you? Call it a difficulty, call it a loss of engineers and skills, call it maladministration, call it inherent challenges in the system. At what point can when South Africans hear the Department of Water and Sanitation speak on the water-related issues, get a sense of comfort that this department, notwithstanding the challenges, it is on top of things, it is responding the way it ought to be, despite the resource limitations. What can you say that would give us that satisfaction ought to be done? Look, uh, looking at uh, the, the issue of what comes, what uh, we have to look ahead to and so on, is, is part of what we deal with on a daily basis. And that is why we had a very, very uh, major part to play within the development of the National Development Plan. And obviously, to support that, that is why we have the National Water and Sanitation Master Plan that we have put out into the public domain that speaks to what needs to happen between now and beyond 2030 and so on. Because we have to look at progressively uh, what do we need to do, because we cannot go back to the numbers that we were at 15, 20 years ago in terms of population growth. We cannot go back to the point where we were in terms of industrial growth or demand on our water services to where we were 20 years ago. So we have to live with that reality, and we have to look at how we make use of the available infrastructure at the moment to be able to use it as a platform to build on it, to be able to make sure that we are able to have the necessary uh, capacity to be able to deliver on an ongoing basis, ensuring that we have uh, some input into all kinds of social de- uh, economic development of this country. Excellent. Mr. Spartnik Radar, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for holding on and for engaging us. I'm going to release you now because I understand you've got to go on. Whilst we add it, let's take a quick ad break before we continue the conversation and conclude it with Mr. Wayne Duvenage, the CEO of Outer Organization Undoing Tax Abuse, after the break. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. When looking at the current water and sanitation situation in South Africa, would it be just to say that municipalities have everything under control? Sewage leaks, short water supply, uncollected refuse, municipalities being placed under administration, the list goes on. What do you make of the current crises in municipalities? And perhaps this is quite appropriate to read out loud, given to us by one of our loyal listeners. Thank you so much, Noel. We pay tribute to Michael Komape, who drowned in a pit latrine on his first day of school on 20 January 2014. He was five years old. He died in the most undignified and appalling of circumstances. And Michael's father, Ndadet James Gomape, his mother Rosina and his siblings have suffered untold grief in the years after his death. And perhaps then we ought to truly acknowledge the poor state of South Africa's administration is. It's water and sanitation administration if something as natural and obvious as inevitable as is going to the toilet can take the life of a five-year-old. We do indeed honor his name still six years on. Wayne, let me return to you. KGM had some strong words to say in relation to some of the points that I'd raised with you. 
Mm. I beg your pardon, first of all, that you had yeah. to hear what you heard. Um, it is not endorsed, yeah. and I would hope you take it in the good light after the retraction and the apology that I have offered on behalf of the station. But let's yeah. deal with the issue. Yeah. The yeah. issue is, whilst some of the challenges are 25 years in the making, it is true that the experience of certainly many Africans, this is not new. It is just more of the yeah. same of what happened in apartheid. Exactly. And I'm not for one minute defending uh, that and uh, get the impression that the caller, you know, thinks that I just think that everything was fine in the past. It wasn't. It was a disaster. The country's spatial development, the infrastructure that was not invested uh, across the country and into rural areas is sickening and we need to address that. Uh, so, so that has to be uh, brought into the equation. I have no doubt about that. We've got to work very hard to fix uh, the past. The problem we have is that we can do that, and we should have gone a long way down the road to do that. But over the last decade, we have lost a lot of money that should have been invested in this infrastructure. There were a lot of great projects that have been spoken about. If you listen to uh, the, the, the amount of we will do this and we will do that in the state of the nation, we are, we are unpacking these uh, statements over the last 10 years. And what has actually transpired are two different things. So, so you know, if you're going to... You release money from the fiscus into infrastructure building and 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 and, uh, and fix the problems of this country, and that money doesn't find its way there, and it is lost through state capture. Billions of rands flowing mm. out of the country. We have to do something. And then you look at the 400 billion rand that that goes into local government, and. Those local governments were spending money in dealing with infrastructure matters 15 years ago, 20 years ago. We were on the right trajectory. There's enough money there, and then that dries up, and now you can't pay your electricity bills, even though you've got increases uh, along the way, even though you've got the, the, the money is there, but it's not finding its way, and you find these incomplete projects which start and people get paid for a full project up front, and then they disappear with the money. That's mm, not mm. once or twice. This happens on a daily basis. We pay double the amount of money we should for our roads uh, in, in this country. And we've done the research. We pay double the amount of money we, we should be paying, sometimes three, four times the amount for some of our infrastructure projects. Why is that? That's what we're talking about. In today's world, we should not be having these problems. And when we go and scratch the surface and dig deeper, we find chief finance officers in towns that don't have the qualifications, that cannot manage the money, that cannot hold people to account. And so we have an uh, inconsistency in the way we're managing our municipalities. Uh, and it is slipping and it's getting worse, and nobody is holding anybody to account. The oversight no, function of that. province is, is a problem for us. And the I oversight function from, from government is a, is a problem. Yeah. Let's have a conversation which is related to water and probably a booming industry because of the challenges in the public sector. For instance, when we talk about policing and the failures there, all it has created is a lacuna for private security to exploit. As a result, we've got highest private security sector or growing sector relative to our per capita and the rest of the world. I think to an extent we can see more and more of that taking place in the water industry. To the extent that the public sector fails, you've got more of these companies who are simply collecting rainwater and borehole water. They are doing absolutely nothing different to what ultimately the government can and should be doing and has the resources and infrastructure mandate to do so. They're not coming up with an invention for water, except for maybe one of these two companies who have since come up in the last couple of years in terms of turning air into water. But South Africa's borehole water systems, to the extent that they're still functioning, is beautiful. The water tastes great. In Makanda, Gramstown, there's a nice little pipe that on your way to Gramstown, 
I mean, on your way to Port Alfred, that people yeah. stop and collect water and just thoroughly enjoy it. South Africa's mm-hmm. rainwater, well, rainwater is rainwater. It's as good as it gets anywhere in the world. Why then is it so easy, first of all, for water companies to spring up and so difficult for government to do exactly what these water companies are doing? That is their mandate that they get appropriations for. To the extent possible, they get the infrastructure that they've inherited, dysfunctional as it may have been, but the infrastructure is there. Why then can government simply not do that? I'm talking about skills. Let's talk on this issue around skills. Well, um, uh, I mean, your question is a very valid one. Why, why exactly uh, can we not do it in the municipalities? And I've, and I've given you some of the answer. It's not all the answer. But what we are finding, because we get this feedback from whistleblowers, is that many of these companies with these skills that have set up are owned by people who work and uh, operate in local government. So sometimes it's it's uh, you know it's an enrichment process, self enrichment process uh, through connected uh, cadres and cronyism to allow the water infrastructure not to uh, operate at the efficiency that it is. Uh, so that you can provide the services uh, and charge the municipality. So you're quite right. It shouldn't happen. We should not be uh, allowing this to take place. We should be fixing the water infrastructure and making sure that people are getting their, their, their right to human rights for water supply and clean water supply. Wayne Juvenage, CEO of Arta, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. We're going to have to call it quits now because it's 2059. I've got less than a minute to go before the news at 21 hours. And I don't want to steal any more of the time for Greg Close. But a couple of messages that have come through on Twitter. The question really is why, sorry, this is the question, why can government not put down its foot and remove people who are known to be corrupt? That was some of the submissions made by Wayne earlier on in the tweet. The tweets have come through saying, simple answer, those stealing today know about your stealing yesterday. Mutually assured destruction. Now consider this thought, public service. Top to the lowest clerk who see everything and are used as pawns. The sweeper will become HOD because of this knowledge. They are connected to the corruption and they enable it. Those are some of the responses, some very strong responses, and it's clear it's not a question of despondence. It's a question of actually being fed up with the current system. It's clear that if the center has not already given away, the center soon will not be able to hold final question or final comment. Unfortunately, Songhez or municipalities are led by greedy people who always dirty themselves with money allocated for services. They are lying for not having experienced engineering personnel. Sorry, they are lying for not having engineering personnel. Matu, M-A-T-U-E-S-Z, Matuez. Thank you so much for your tweet. Thank you so much for your contributions, everybody. Thank you to our guests, Sputnik and Wayne. It's now time for news at 21 hours. Heavy stuff.